Here at Bostik, we split our business into three different regions. Emas, or North, Central, and South America. EMEA, which includes Europe, the Middle East, and Africa. And APAC, which includes India, China, Japan, Korea, Australia, and all the countries in Southeast Asia. Obviously, we do this for geographic reasons, but also because these three regions are incredibly different in size, scope, language, and consumer preferences. But even within these three regions, there are stark differences. Take, for example, the EMEA region. Europe alone has 51 unique countries, while the Middle East has 17 and Africa has 54. Each one of these countries has their own cultures, histories, customs, and often languages, all of which can influence their preferences and expectations around disposable hygiene articles. These varying expectations put more pressure on article producers to manufacture products that can satisfy users across countries and regions. Luckily, Bostik is here to help. Welcome to Attached to Hygiene. I'm your host, Jack Hughes, Global Digital Marketing Manager for Bostick's Disposable Hygiene Business Unit. On every episode of Attached to Hygiene, Bostick and other industry experts provide valuable insight into market and consumer trends in the disposable hygiene industry and how article producers like you can increase their success and reach their business goals. On today's episode, we're going to introduce you to the European, Middle East, and Africa hygiene markets. This will be the first of two episodes on the EMEA market. In part one, we'll cover what the market looks like as far as demographics, incomes, birth rates, and population growth, and what current consumer preferences look like. Part two, in two weeks, we'll cover changes in the market from the producer and supplier side, the challenges producers are facing, a few of the five C's or consumer trends that are impacting the market, and then wrap up by touching on sustainability. Joining me today to discuss the Europe, Middle East, and Africa markets are former managing director of Bostik Egypt and current global operations director for Bostik, Saif Sharawi, and European sales director, Pietro Landoni. Saif, Pietro, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Jack. Thanks for inviting us. Hello, Jack. Pleasure to be with you. Thank you both for joining me. I always like to start by having our guests introduce themselves. So I'll start with you, Saif. Can you tell us about your background and your role at Bostic and what you find most interesting about working in the hygiene industry? Sure. So my name is Saif Sharawi. I'm a mechanical engineer. I've been working with Bostic for more than 10 years now, Egyptian based in Cairo. And what I like most about this business is that the market is really tight. Everyone knows each other. It's very dynamic. You can see really rely on the teamwork and the activities that you can do to bring value to, to, to Bostic and to the market. So I'm very pleased to be part of this market. Great. Thanks, Safe. Yeah, I, I really enjoy not just the the tightness and the relationships that are built at Bostic, but also within the industry as you start to work with other suppliers and either even producers. I completely agree that those relationships and how well connected the market is make it very interesting to work in. And Pietro, we'll, we'll ask the same question of you. Can you tell us about your background and your role at Bostic and what you enjoy or what you find most interesting about working in the hygiene industry? Yeah, sure, with pleasure. My name is Pietro Andone. I'm Italian. With Bostic since uh, nine years now. I spent quite a lot of my career, uh, if not all of it, in the IG. And uh, I have a business and administration background. 
the market. The market is uh, what I'm living each and every day. I found uh, the hygiene to be, as uh, safe said, really, really dynamic and a very small world. So the connection and the uh, relationship that you build are there for quite some time. It's very good because uh, it's like being like in a big family. There are a lot of developments. There is a lot of innovation. Uh, it's a very exciting field to work with. Completely agree. Completely agree. Yeah, definitely. As I said, the, the relationships are always very strong and, and it is it is like its own little family. You see people, you know, maybe moving around a little bit, but staying in the industry for a long time. And certainly the, the innovation and all the changes and dynamics of the market, it's never boring. It's, it's never boring. Right. <laughs> so first, I, I'd like to give give everyone kind of a an update on the market itself and, and market size. So Pietro, we'll start with you. Can you kind of tell us where the market stands right now and as far as uh, size and, and growth? Yeah, sure. You know, when we talk about absorbent products in our world, we typically divided them in three main categories, you know, baby care, fem care, and adult income. The estimated is that in uh, 2019, the total market was represented by approximately 120 0.4 billion dollars, which is quite an important market. Uh, in all this, Europe is estimated to be around 25.4 billion, which uh, represent approximately 21% of, of the global sales, an important part of all the global sales. Yeah, so I, I fully agree with uh, with Pietro. So if I may comment on our region, so Middle East and Africa, so out of the 120 billion US dollar, the total uh, market, this represents actually like 690 billion units sold and with the expected growth between 2 to 3%. And this is coming mainly from uh, the emerging geography, as you know, and Middle East and Africa represent 10% of that with around 11.4 billion US dollars of sales. So quite interesting for sure. Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, certainly a lot of growth going on, certainly a large market and some some potential for growth in, in certain pockets of the market as, you know, the more emerging geographies come continue to grow in their, their own GDP and buying power grows with them. And as certain segments of the market, as you mentioned, safe like AI uh, are growing. If you talk about growth, as I mentioned, and as you mentioned, it's mainly coming from emerging geographies and then some growth in uh, adult incontinence uh, in the mature markets. So talking about Middle East and Africa, and as Pietro mentioned, the market is divided between three main segments. So baby care, femme care, and adult. Actually, femme care represents 60% of the market, 30% for baby care, and then around 10% for, uh, for adults. So now if you look to baby care, by itself. So the global growth is expected to be around 2.8% per year. And this is mainly driven by the growth in, uh, in Africa, which is around 10% per year, while Middle East is limited to 1.5% uh, of growth per year. You have to remember that population of Africa is around 1.3 billion versus 450 million in, uh, in Middle East. So Middle East and Africa represent 12% of the global baby care market. If you move to the fem care, where the growth is expected to be 2% global growth per year, and again, we see 7% growth per year in Africa and 5% in, uh, in Middle East, both together 11% of the global fem care market. And finally, for adult, the growth is around 10% per year. You have to remember that the pie is already too small. So this is why we see a big growth per year globally, 
as I mentioned, 10%. And we can see in Africa, 20% of growth and 16% in Middle East. And But also we have to remember that the pie for Middle East and Africa is already too small. It's 2% of the global market, but it's for sure an area to grow. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that market grows, particularly in, in, you know, as you said, in Africa, but also, you know, pockets of the Middle East as disposable incomes and GDP in those areas grow. And there's also also in the European market, there are, are different pockets for growth as well. Pietro didn't mention it, but, you know. Eastern Europe and Russia are certainly areas for, for growth there and certainly areas that Bostic is focusing on as well. So a lot of excitement in the market and a lot of areas to look to for growth and for, for business development. Now let's dive a little deeper and, and we'll dive a little deeper into where some of this growth is coming from. And, and we've mentioned a, a few things already, but and Pietro, we'll start with you and we'll, we'll start with demographics. Can you dive a little bit into the demographics for your region and how those are playing a role in this growth in the market overall? Yeah, well, sure. In Europe, demographics, it's, um, I would say it's a hot topic. <laughs> we, we all see in, in our region that immigration is representing a, a very important topic. Uh, if we consider that, uh, you know, approximately 2.7 million people enter the EU from the non-EU country in 2019. And uh, this makes approximately 23 million people, so 5% of the total uh, EU population, living in EU being non-EU citizen. So it's clear that this uh, it's an important resource that we have to consider as such, and not only, you know, like we used to hear as a next problem to solve. Considering particularly that particularly the West, Western Europe part is uh, definitely not growing at significant rate. So regarding Middle Eastern Africa, and it's slightly different than Europe, as you know, when you say Africa, this, you're talking about 54 countries that have different behavior, beliefs, relations, languages. And if you talk about Middle East, you can there is additional 16 or 17 country that maybe could have more in common compared to Africa. And as I mentioned before, population here is around 1.3 billion, which is 16% of the global population when we talk about Africa, and which is expected to double by 2050, by the way. And Middle East is around 450 million. So it's a big population, but you cannot really say that it has one similar uh, behavior or attitude. It had to be studied sector by sector or sometimes country by country. Certainly a lot for producers who are trying to market their products to keep in mind then. It, it's often, you often see producers targeting specific countries. It's a lot to think about <laughs> to to be able to, as you said, save target 17 different countries and, and different populations and cultures in the Middle East and 54 different countries in Africa. It's definitely not easy. And and Pietro, as you mentioned, you know, Europe itself is pretty diverse, but with a growing immigrant population and the, a lot of non-EU citizens moving there, there's probably something that they could learn from some of the producers targeting the Middle East and Africa, since that's where a lot of these immigrants are coming from, to help, you know, as you said, support this immigrant population and, and take advantage of them really as, as a they're part of the community at that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Take advantage of them is the wrong word, but to really, you know, target them and help. You know, yeah, considering that they are real full resource uh, as such, and uh, they are more and more part of the, uh, of the community they live with and they live in. And uh, they, you, you know, more and more they take the, the use and the habits of the, uh, of the community. So it, it, it's about integration. 
Yeah, exactly. That's a great word to integrate them in, into the, you know, the community, you know, make them a part of the community and obviously help grow the region and continue to, to make it a, a strong, a strong community. Absolutely. You know, the next regional or segmentation difference that we'll talk on is GDP. So Pietro, did you want to talk a little bit about the changes in GDP and, and disposable incomes in the European Union? Yeah, sure. I mean, we come from, uh, you know, a very, very tough year, which has been the same, very critical uh, around the globe. But regardless of that, it's clear that, you know, Western Europe, it's uh, growing at uh, small rates compared to the other areas of EMEA, for instance. So we, we experienced 2.3% uh, growth in, uh, in 2018, uh, declining to 1.7% uh, in 2019. And finally, with the with a big drop at 7%, minus 7% in 2020. The expectation is that there will be a strong recovery after the COVID effect for 2021. And the expectation is to get up to 4.8%. Clearly, there is a a significant differentiation uh, between the different countries, but in general, the expectation is to uh, to have 2021 as the real year of a recovery. Yeah, I, I fully agree with you, Pietro, and it's good that we're talking about growth in 2021 after a tough 2020. Looking to Africa, Africa, for example, so we're expecting a growth of 3.4% in 2021 after a shrink of 2.1% in 2020. The GDP, the average GDP uh, per capita in Africa is around 9,700 US dollar per, per person per year. And it's mainly driven by the, the highest GDP contributor like Nigeria, Egypt and South Africa, although those countries are heavily loaded uh, with population. We're talking about 200, 160 million residents. And therefore, you can see that the, the GDP per capita for Nigeria, for example, is 2,400 US dollar, which is quite lower than the average of Africa, for sure. Now, if you look to the Middle East, growth is forecasted to be at 4% in 2021. And we know that the region is uh, is relying heavily on the oil business. So some countries like Saudi Arabia, for example, have the highest GDP in the region close to 700 billion, uh, followed by Turkey, for example. GDP per capita is around 23,000 US dollars in Saudi Arabia. So if you compare this to what, what is the GDP in Nigeria, for example, or the average in Africa, you can see the big difference. Turkey is, uh, is around 8,500 US dollars per head. So, and then you, you know, you and then you have other countries like Qatar and uh, UAE, where you can actually reach an extreme high level of GDP per capita going to 69 and 43,000 per, per person per year. So it's, as I said, it's a diverse uh, region. It's emerging and growing. And it's good to see that in 2021, we're talking more and more now about growth after 2020, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that diversity in mean, GDP and the, the variability in GDP, as you mentioned, safe, is a tough one for producers who are, are particularly global producers or, or cross regional producers to really take advantage of. And so it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how that continues to evolve. But yes, I completely agree. It's, it's very good to see growth in the region um, or in both regions as we move further into 2021 and, and the, um, you know, the economies of of all the regions start to open up a little more and people can spend spend some more money so I, i'm looking forward to that continued growth in, in, throughout the rest of 2021 and into 2022 
Now, birth rates are a hot topic in the hygiene industry for obvious reasons. Reasons, obviously, birth rates are you know directly impact all of the the major three markets of baby care, fem care, and AI. So, Pietro, you want to touch briefly on birth rates in the European Union? Yeah, sure. Well. <laughs> Even there, I mean, of course, numbers are pretty differentiated. We rated approximately 4.2 million babies born in 2019 with the major differences between the different countries. We we go for a, a 1.14 birth per woman uh, in Malta, which is uh, the lowest one, with, you know, the one of France, which is uh, 1.86 baby born per woman, and that is the uh, highest. Uh, but in any case, the average is uh, relatively low. It's in the 1.5. So if you if you just consider uh, the number I gave before, so the 4.2 million baby born in 2019, and you compare this with you know uh, what we had in, for instance, 1964, which is when I was born. <laughs> uh, well, at that time we had 6.8 million baby born. It's there is a clear declining with a relative stability uh, starting with the year 2000, uh, hanging around between 4.2 and 4.6, 4.7 million uh, baby born every year. So uh, even there, as as we briefly touched before, immigration is a is a great resource uh, to help boosting these these numbers. So talking about Africa and Middle East, you can see a different uh, story a little bit where Africa birth rate is high. Although it's declining by 1.2% year over year, but the current birth rate is like 32 births per 1,000 people, so close to 3.2%, which is almost double the figure that uh, Pietro has mentioned. And for Middle East, you can see a birth rate of 21 births per 1,000 people, which is close to 2.1%. Still, it's as well declining, uh, but very slowly year over year. And you have to remember that the population of uh, Africa is the second largest and the second heavily populated continent in the world. So when you talk about growth of 3%, it's out, it's 3% from, you know, a a big population. So it's huge. Yeah, certainly no wonder that, that, you know, the Middle East and Africa are are target markets with, with that kind of growth rate, as you said, you know, a, a, a percentage from such a large population. Uh, it'll certainly be interesting to see as, you know, I've seen some things uh, in the news about, you know, s- certain news outlets when the pandemic started thought that this would lead to a baby boom. It seems like that's not the case. So it'll be interesting to see if the decline in birth rates for 2020 and 2021 are are just a blip or if there's some sort of trend there um, obviously that'll be something that the the market overall is is very keen to watch as, as as we said it has a big impact on on the overall health of the market now on the opposite side of that from birth rates to an aging population um, obviously we mentioned adult incontinence and the growth in that that market segment so uh, Pietro, can we can you uh, fill us in a little bit about the the aging population in Europe and how that's impacting the market? Yeah, well, <laughs> we have seen before that the birth rate is declining and uh, it's uh, it's pretty on the low end. Uh, different story is about uh, you know the aging population. The EU 
27, population is supposed to be around uh, 447 million people in 2019. And uh, the, the, the expectation is to grow in the, in the period 2026-2029 to approximately a little short of 450 million. Uh, now, if you consider this number, well, the, uh, the, the, the population of older people, so people who are uh, aged over 65, um, well, that will increase and it will increase significantly. Uh, you know, if you start with the number of um, 90 million, 90.5 million at the start of 2019 to reach a little short of 130 million by 2050. So on one side, we have a declining birth rate. And on the other side, we have a, a significant increase of uh, the number of older people, which is a uh, as you mentioned before, a good news for the other Tinko market, of course. Yeah, again, here in uh, Africa and Middle East, uh, we have a different story. So as I said, it's a big population. It's mainly a young population. So the majority uh, is, is below 65, that's for sure. I would say that we don't have, we don't see the eldest population uh, growing. It's the fact of, uh, you know, the political situations, medical situation, uh, financial situation as well, and uh, the geographic of the countries. But as I said, it's different from country to country. And as I mentioned before, Middle East and Africa represent 2% of the global uh, adult incontinence market. Actually, almost most of them are in Middle East and close to zero in Africa. So it's a great area for sure for for bigger penetration for uh, for producers, but the pie is already too small. That's really interesting and something that I I was unaware of of the knowing that the A AI market was you know, I knew the AI market in Africa and and the Middle East was relatively small compared to more mature geographies like Europe or, or North America or, or a country like Japan, but did not realize the population of, of people over the age of 65 was relatively small compared to other regions as well. And, you know, I guess learning a little more, as you mentioned, it makes sense. But yeah, but obviously with such a young population and as spending and health and, and the, those types of things continue to improve, that'll be something down the line to that that will most likely be an area for growth and, and something for producers in the market to keep keep an eye on and, and, you know, and hopefully for them to take advantage of to, to help, you know, support the, the aging population there when it comes. Now, lastly, as far as the differences across the regions and segments go, I, I do want to touch on user habits. You know, Safe, you, you mentioned the, the very diverse your uh, Middle East and Africa markets with with such a large population, but spread out over many countries and, and many cultures on top of that. And and even the EU itself is a is a, you know, a, a melting pot, as, as Pietro, you mentioned, the growing immigrant population. So what are some of the user habits uh, that are influencing the market and, and the, the, the different trends in the market? Well, uh, there are some clear trends that we can see in the markets uh, in Europe. One of, one of them is the, uh, uh, the fact that uh, e-commerce is getting more and more popular, even for uh, the uh, absorbent hygiene products. So, you know, a study confirmed that uh, in, in Europe, UK, for instance, the English buyer, they are the one having most access to e-commerce. 
It, there is a clear differentiation between the different countries, as mentioned before. But in principle, we can say that uh, this is uh, pretty common everywhere, with just a differentiation on the number of purchases uh, per week. And also, <laughs> interesting enough, on the time that people spend between uh, uh, when they see something of interest and the moment that they buy it. So that's, that's kind of interesting. But uh, it, it's clear that uh, our customers are investing more and more time and resources and efforts on e-commerce in order to make uh, this available to their customers. So uh, important, this is becoming a very, very important channel to sell product in our market. Another clear trend that we see in the market is that there is an increase in trust uh, on, the, on the private label uh, compared to brand. So if we go back to uh, many, many years ago or only 10 years ago, uh, the, uh, the penetration of private label uh, and the increase of their uh, sales in the market is quite significant compared to a uh, brand. Might be different reasons behind that, like, you know, the fact that uh, costs become uh, more important than what it used to be. There is an increase uh, of a quality level of, uh, of a private label product and uh, people trust them more. So uh, another trend which is uh, um, clearly getting very hot, uh, I would say particularly in these last years, is the one related to sustainability or uh, in general to <clears throat> preservation of the environment. Um, there are more and more energies and resources put into this direction from everyone, from the our raw material supplier, uh, ourselves, our customers, everybody is looking into that as an next opportunity to do a step in the right direction for the environment, of course, and in order to, uh, to satisfy a need from the consumer, which is uh, getting more and more important, particularly considering that uh, the, the new customer are now the millennia, which are, who are uh, more and more sensitive to those topics. So uh, here I, I would agree with Pietro on everything, actually. So even in Middle East and Africa, we see the same, uh, this is the same trend. If you look to e-commerce, uh, it's growing uh, rapidly in Middle East and Africa. Actually, Africa has one of the most digitally connected population on the planet with close to 400 million internet users. And all of them has access through their mobile phones. So remember, it's young, it's youngest and largest population. And uh, it, it, it's a great opportunity for article producers to reach the consumer via this route, for sure. So online shopping has been growing fast and it's supported by the internet penetration and the availability of smartphones. The same trend we see it in Middle East. We're seeing growth of 23% versus where we were three years ago. For example, we see it in Egypt, we see it in Turkey, in South Africa. So it's, it's still in the range of 55, 57% of internet users. So the people who are buying online and it's still below the global average, which is roughly around 77%, but it's an increasing trend for sure. Sustainability is for sure one hot topic that is, is, is growing. And I would say the key word here is the millennials and the millennials becoming parents and having their children means that we start to see less and less gap versus uh, Mid-East and Africa and Europe, those this generation is well-educated, exposed, and uh, they ask a lot of questions, they're informative, and therefore they close somehow the gaps between the habits we see in our region and in Europe, for example. So I fully agree with Pietro. Yeah, as someone who falls into that millennial population but who hasn't yet 
you know, started a family. For me, it's been great to see the the growth of the the sustainability trend and and you know the push for sustainable products from you know my age group and even the the younger age group behind us, the 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 Gen Z. And it's also great to hear that it's not just uh, something being led out of Europe, but also something that that's very important to to consumers in in you know the regions like Africa and the Middle East. As as I really think it's going to be a global effort to try and to help the environment. So I, I, I love hearing that. Thank you for listening to today's episode. On the next episode, we'll finish our discussion with Safe and Pietro on the EMEA market. We'll cover changes in the market from the producer and supplier's side, the challenges producers are facing, a few of the five C's or consumer trends, and then wrap up by briefly touching on sustainability. Attached to Hygiene is brought to you by Bostic and is hosted by me, Jack Hughes. It is produced and edited by me with the help of Paul Andrews, Michelle Tonkovitz, Emery Chernis, and Nikki Ackerman at Green Onion Creative. Our theme music is by Jonathan Boyle. You can follow Bostic for more hygiene industry insights on LinkedIn at Disposable Hygiene Adhesives or email us with questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes at hygiene at Bostic.com. That's H-Y-G-I-E-N-E at Bostic.com. We'd also like to extend a special thank you to our guests, Safe Sharawi and Pietro Landoni. You can find both Safe and Pietro on LinkedIn, or you can feel free to address any emails to them directly at the hygieneandbostic.com email address I just mentioned. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe to the podcast and share us with a friend or colleague. You can find Attached to Hygiene wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.